After conversion rate, our favorite key performance indicator to improve is customer lifetime value. And a great way to do that is by adding a loyalty points program to your store. It makes sense. Why not reward customers for choosing your store over others? Loyalty Points from Bold is the first true loyalty points app where customers earn points when they shop and redeem when they buy. It even displays your product prices with points so customers are constantly reminded to think in terms of earning and redeeming points, creating intense loyalty in the process. Plus, it lets you offer bonus points on certain products to promote them. And it even creates loyalty member tiers that earn or redeem points at different rates, kind of like Costco. You can get an exclusive 60-day trial of loyalty points when you sign up at ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Ain't we lucky we got them? Good times! So do, Ask me what I did over the holidays. What did you do over the holidays? Watch a ton of good times. On what channel were you watching good times? TV One. What is TV One? It's just only black sitcoms. And is it a local station? No, it's like a cable station. Oh, okay. It's mostly Family Matters and Good Times. Is like 75% of their programming. Because I got an HD TV antenna. You know, like, for people who don't have cable... And there's a ton of weird local independent channels oh, that just show weird reruns. I that's where I live. Is oh, yeah? in the weird digital sub channels that all they do is show reruns. Okay, that's all I want to watch. New <laughs> Year's Antenna TV, New Year's Day, all day news radio marathon. Oh, starting the year off right. A classic. So hey, hey uh, you, you like my shirt? I do love your shirt. It is an embroidered. We're on a podcast, cycle. so I'm going to talk talk to people about how my shirt looks. Yeah, let's not tell them what's on it. Go check the video. <laughs> now it's an embroidered shirt. Um, well, a lot of Shopify merchants use Printful for print on demand, and I found out they've done embroidery for like the last two years, and it's actually it's really easy to use provided you have a vector graphics file. So an SVG file from Illustrator. You drop it in like you pick. It's just like the regular thing. Pick your garment. You drop it in, but then it's really cool. It goes all right. Here are the thread colors we have. These are the colors in your SVG. Map them to the thread colors you want. And then, you know, you wait a few days, and magically, a perfect embroidered shirt shows up. I just wanted to feel like I was working at a Best Buy. <laughs> yeah, we got that, that, heart, that geek squad look. Yeah, going. right. Yeah. Now, based on the amount of gear and stickers and crap in here, 100%, we're like, 20 years ago, we would have been a geek squad. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, today we want to do a, a listener Q&A episode as we go into the new year, as we go into 2020. Um, so an interesting thing happens. Every year, because we're doing this podcast, I think five years now, I think this is year five, 
<laughs> you you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's great. Neither of us are really sure how long we've been doing this. It's, uh, yeah, it's your five. I'll give it your five, at um, least. And every January, downloads spike in January because of the number of people who have a, whether they call it a resolution or not, but they, they want to start the year strong and they've got a goal. Where they say, all right, I want to get my business off the ground. I want to get to a place where I can quit my job or I want to double my income, you know, whatever it is. But things really take off in January. A PSA here. This is also when the scammers come out of the woodwork. Mm. And they prey on people who are new to an entrepreneurial venture or new to doing an e-commerce store or Amazon dropshipping. And they'll sell you, you know, a, a course and you end up buying like 30 grand worth of stuff on a pallet from China that sits in your garage for several years. Um, so <laughs> the PSA here is just be wary of get-rich-quick schemes, especially the first quarter of the year. We talked about it. Last January Last was the January, first episode yeah, yeah, that was that big, of the year. Yeah, about people who get sucked into the idea of like, get rich quick, drop shipping on Shopify. Yeah, and it was specific to like Amazon and Shopify. So just You're not going to get rich quick. Don't think that you will. Yeah, <laughs> there's overnight successes are extremely rare. This is more of a, a grinded out thing. Um, but so I, I put together some questions that people had asked over the... Uh, during December um, that I thought would be a good starting point for like, hey, let's let's talk about things we could do to grow our businesses going into the new year. And the first one, if you don't have any other housekeeping items, that is, sir. When are you going to Disney World next? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> in 10 days. Actually, so in like seven, less than seven days from when this episode publishes. <laughs> oh, we, must, must have been rough for you not going for a month. Yeah, I was, I was last there. It will... It'll be a little over 30 days since the last time I was there. Um, you starting to get the shakes? No. You haven't heard it's a small world <laughs> in a while? So small world is very polarizing. <laughs> and I'm on the side of people who thinks it's like a torture device. It's like 11 minutes of a 30-second song Who likes looped. it? Oh, plenty of people like it. Yeah. You know that It's a Small World is also the most played song of all time at this point. Because it's been running it for decades. It runs on a loop for 24 a hours a day. <laughs> in multiple cities. Yeah, that's a weird thing to think about. Now, uh, Andy Bedell, master marketer uh, who's been on this podcast several times and works at uh, Keysmart. He, uh, his family has a timeshare at Animal Kingdom. So we're going to, and it overlooks the Savannah. And they're like, yeah, you should come stay with us. So that's how we ended up going twice in two months. Mm-hmm. But then when I get back, next the month after that, Julie is going, it's, but it's to run a marathon. So it, it's all good. What's so that's the, the February trip. What's yeah. the March trip? You going to you like you, Disneyland Paris in March? There's, after that, there's no trips planned until June. When you go or, to Tokyo Disney? Or, I would love to. <laughs> Tokyo, it's called Disney Seas. This bonkers. That's like they had a different kind of money when they built that thing. Um, no, we'll, well, go, we'll do What do you Disney think about it? Your love summer. of Disney is built on like extremely high quality engineering yes. and like precision. Yes. And so then you well, take systems and processes. Systems and processes and precision. And then you take that and you put it in Japan, the land of systems and processes <laughs> and precision. And it's like precision Voltron. Oh, yeah. No, it gets, it is like the, the hardcore Disney people, when I've seen their videos, they're like, this is next level. I can't handle it. <laughs> All right, we'll get off Disney. We're just here to talk about e-commerce, Paul. Disney sells things online. 
They do. Actually, yeah, the Disney store is pretty nice. They should build a Shopify store and have us build it. Maybe like a pop-up shop? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. All right, if anybody's listening. Um, all right, let's talk about e-commerce and our listener questions. So the first one came from a YouTube comment on our, our burgeoning YouTube channel. Chris T says, I need to know about email marketing specific to customers that made recent purchases. Seems obvious, but it's something I've been missing. Learned a lot here. Thanks, guys. Email marketing specific to recent purchases. So this is like post-purchase cross-selling, right? Well, I was thinking it was more like feel-good education. Oh, okay. Actually, so that's probably that's one of the things that people who are new to this may be missing. That was the first thing that popped. You immediately went to cross-sells and upsells. I immediately went to let's make you feel better about the thing you just bought and about the brand itself. So when we send you the upsells and cross-sells later, you're more likely to buy. You're 100% right. You it, need to do that pre-sale education and that post-purchase feel-good, cuddly-cuddly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the technical term. All right, so let's... I've, so it's like, I, I, in my mind, it's like uh, the thing you just bought, here's how you take care of it, or here's how you use uh-huh. it. Aha, yes. So like, you, you need to just send them education about the product of like, here's a thing it can do. Here's how you take care of it. Here's how you clean it. Here's how you maintain it. And that works for a myriad of stuff. All right, let's walk through some examples. I like this idea. All right, so number one, they get an email. Uh, and I, it's easier in my head to work with a working example. So we're going to do, we're going to pretend we have purchased a wallet made of fire hose from <laughs> our friend Jake Starr at Recycled Fire in Louisville. And you buy your wallet, let's say it's like 20 bucks, and you get an email the next day that's like, hey, Jake here, so, so grateful for you. Appreciate <laughs> you. Thanks for buying so it's a thank you from the owner, mm-hmm. right? And then, and, but that's, it's a customer service opportunity. So you're like, hey, if you have any questions, just hit reply. And then the day after that, you go, uh, here's, you want to keep, you want to set their expectations and keep them interested. So you say, all right, uh, your wallet, you should receive your wallet in like X2 in however many days. Ideally, I can estimate it. Um, oh, so you're talking before they even get it. So there's that, when you first buy the thing, that's pretty exciting. And then when you get it and open the box, that's exciting. But there's the lull in between where you got nothing. Where you're just watching the tracking number. Yeah. And this is where like you could really f- you could add a lot of value, I think, by just doing a daily email up until they get the thing. To really and that really sets really helps set their experience as positive. So the next day you're like, all right, here's like when your item's gonna go out, if it's like made to order. Um, I recently talked to somebody who they had a four week lead time on their stuff. Oh yeah. And so like that would be a really nice thing for them to have with like a lot of to fill up four weeks, a lot of personalized content. Well, in the four week example, they sell extremely specific bespoke clothing. Yeah. It's like made to fit. That's like made to fit and probably requires very specific maintenance and other things done to it. So that's where you can do the education of like, Hey, when this thing comes, here's what you do. Here's the first thing you should do when you have it, like try it on, make sure that it fits right and everything's good. And then, like, here, after you wear it, here's how you maintain it, and, like, all that sort of stuff. Well, so you brought up apparel. That's a good one. Uh, I feel like, yeah, apparel. If I try it on and it doesn't fit, what do I do? That's a bad experience for people. Yeah. So what I've seen some really smart retailers do is before you even got the item, one of the emails you get in between the purchase and receiving it is, hey, when you get your item, try it on, and if it doesn't fit, here's what you're going to do. Wow. Okay, great. Give me the instructions up front so I don't have anxiety about returning the damn thing if I have to or exchanging it. I like that. Um, and then, uh, Jake Starr does a really clever one. 
He doesn't do it for all of his products, but he'll send you an email that's like, this is the story of that product. Here's how I came up with the idea. Here's how I developed it. And like, he just t runs you through the history of it. What I think is so brilliant about that is if you read it and then you pull off this fire hose wallet and somebody goes, oh, that's a cool wallet. There's a, a good chance you may pair it back. Hey, well, actually, it's cool. It's a story. Here's, you know, the guy used to be a firefighter and they're throwing out decommissioned fire hose and he started sewing. You then know that story behind your wallet and it makes it that much cooler. I was thinking... If it's one of those businesses where, you know, you do donate X percent to a charity or there's some sort of charitable organization involved and you're actually doing that, fingers crossed, I hope you really are. Uh, one of I those, we're, we're always very skeptical. We're those. always very skeptical of those people. But if you are doing that, one of those emails can be, hey, you bought something from me. Your money went to these people. Here's what your money did. Okay. And like talk about the charity, talk about what they did, talk about how they made people's lives better, blah, blah, blah. And it's like you're giving that good feeling over to the consumer of just like, here's thanks for that money. You did a good thing. Here's what your money did for people. And like, I think that's a extremely powerful email. No, absolutely. And helps, you know, them feel better about the brand too. If it's part of the brand story, for sure. And we've seen that like the brands that do stuff like that and do charitable giving when we do customer surveys, it'll be like, well, what'd you get out of this? And a lot of people will cite it. But I think that's the difference with um, if you're using cause marketing, it needs to be like baked into every touch point. Yeah. Otherwise, it people see it for what it is. You know, it's like, well, I just kind of tacked it on. Yeah, you can't throw a, a freaking gif in the cart that's like, by the way, oh, if you buy something, 10% of the profits go to cancer. Like, that doesn't. <laughs> Would you stop giving cancer money? <laughs> cancer needs help. Uh, yeah, people keep trying to stop it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that. When I see that, I'm just like, you're full of it. Yeah, it feels like a cash grab. Um, you know, it's all because of Tom's. So we started that really like drove cause marketing, and now they're going under. I was about to say, didn't they get in a ton of trouble? Uh, for Tom's something? is oh, Tom's is just Google it. They have been in the news <laughs> and not for good reasons. All right. Uh, so then, fine. We have yet to actually sell anybody anything else. We have yet to upsell them on anything because you, right. you got to prime them for the upsell. There's you another make one I want to do. There's a Klaviyo automation in there called that you can run called Delayed Fulfillment. Talked about this before. You can have it automatically sent out an email if it's been X days between after the order, but an order has not been marked fulfilled. So let's say normally you fulfill an order in two days, but an order that's sitting for five days clearly has been backordered. You can have Klaviyo automatically send an email that's like, hey, we know we've got a high volume. We're sorry. We've not forgotten about you. So that's a nice one to include in there just as an automatic customer service thing. Then finally... So you can send an email, and ideally, you want to have this be specific to their purchase, um, but you send out an email that's like, all right, here's how to really enjoy your product. Here's some other things to buy. So I, I bought yet another drone, and what did they send me? I got cross-sold on a uh, protection plan, because you spend money on a drone and then fly it 45 miles an hour into a tree, yeah, that's going to be a painful experience. So, and they know that, so they're going to try and sell, sell me this protection plan. But like Jake uh, could do that if you buy the wallet. Hey, well, I've got a bell. I've got other accessories that match that go with it. Um, or digital camera is always a good example. Oh, you bought a camera. Hey, did you want to get extra batteries? Did you want a bag? Did you want um, memory cards? So finally you hit them with that stuff and you say, hey, since this is a second purchase, uh, you know, if you make it within a couple days, we'll give you 10% off. We'll give you 15% off or we'll just like, well, we'll give you free shipping on any order. Um, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, if you do that, if you do the pre-upsell sequence to make them love you, then 
you send that upsell email, I don't know, 48 to 72 hours after they actually get the product and you include a coupon code in it, I think yep. that's just like 100% conversion rate in as my head. As long as it's got that, it expires. That's going to help. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I look for, I use those because like I bought a bunch of gifts. And I don't even think it needs to be like a big discount. I like seriously like 10%. Yeah. It's just, it's just, here's a token of gratitude to just push you over the edge. Yeah. I'm going to give you 10% off, urgency. 10% off on your next order. You should buy one of these things because it's better for your product and you have two days to do it. Otherwise, this 10% off expires. So I bought a bunch Everyone of- Everyone will use that. I bought a bunch of gifts for people from Shopify stores. And one of them, uh, it was pop-off leather. When you made an order, you got an email that was like, hey, if you want to make a second purchase in the next uh, X number of days, here's a coupon code for like 10 or 15% off your order or whatever. So I, I used that. I'm like, cool. I'm not going to go looking for something else. I'll just buy something else from these guys. And lo and behold, I ended up buying- making four separate, four or five separate purchases from them. Um, so if you get someone in the right place, yeah, it absolutely works. And that was like, there was none of the other nonsense. Either I got the thank you email, like they did a couple, but the first thing I got was, hey, if you want to make a second purchase, here's your coupon code. Um, so that argues against our butter them up first strategy. <laughs> well, but, people just love discounts, but. I mean, you could do it both ways. You could have it as part of like, immediately they get the coupon code, and then they get all these customer service, feel good emails, then they get the coupon code again. And you go, well, hey, it's about to expire. That's how you do it. You would you give them the first one. You go, all right, you got ten days on it. Then you space out the emails over ten days, and then the final one is, hey, you got twenty forty eight hours, seventy two hours, whatever for this coupon code we gave you back when you made your first purchase. Mm. Nailed it. <laughs> Free money. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. I yeah. Mean, acquiring a customer is hard and expensive. So if you can really improve that experience where they remember it and they come back and they recommend you this stuff pays dividends beyond just like, yeah, they, they made a second purchase. It, it's going to really increase customer lifetime value. Well, I mean, whenever you're vetting a new client for us, one of the questions you ask is how many people are on your email list? Okay. Because that immediately tells us how much, how high we can make this rocket go. Yes. Because if they have nobody on their email list, it's like, okay, well, there's a problem that we got to deal with. Yeah. Whereas if they have a, a ton of people factor. on their emailing list, on their mail list, it's like, oh, okay, we could, sky's the limit here. Yeah. Oh, I love when someone's like, oh, yeah, I got this email list, but I don't do anything with it. That's my, my favorite words. First, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> also, let me help. Yeah. It's like, we're about to look real great to you because we're going to make <laughs> a ton of money come in. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like that whole sequence that we just laid out for post purchase, I mean, that, is a phenomenal missed opportunity if you aren't doing it. Let's go back, re-listen to it, write it down. <laughs> if you're using Clavio, a lot of that stuff is already built in. Like the the thank you is in there, the delayed fulfillment is in there. Um, so you just rework the re- those email those flows uh, to get these other ones to work as well. Or you could even add them as like the the first customer thank you email. Just add more after additional emails to that flow would be how you do this. <sighs> Shall we move on? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, John Murphy asks, I cannot run ads for my niche. Niche. I cannot run ads for my niche. So I'm planning on building out an SEO content strategy to bring in traffic. Is that a good idea? Of course, it's a good idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. Why would you, even if you could buy ads, you should still do it. Also, I want to know what his business is. These things are, well, number one, like, this is phrased as though like, it's mutually exclusive. They're like, not. He sells, like, gun weed. Gun weed? <laughs> <laughs> weed gun. It's CBD for it, your rifle. It's like CBD gun dildos. Oh, my God. And he can't buy Facebook ads. So we, co- we call them uh, 
sensitive niches <laughs> or is it in a sensitive niche which really just means it's like any age restricted good if there's any kind of age restriction on making the purchase just assume you cannot advertise in a pay-per-click network um, and you're at an immediate disadvantage and the problem is you go you might say oh well so my competitors are at a disadvantage too no because some of them are going to be real sleaze balls and work their way around it so it's probably until it all blows up in their face but still they got a little bit of action out of it I'm not, I'm not sure. I believe John Murphy sells shooting targets. So he does not sell guns, gun parts, ammo, just the targets. And that I should believe, be fine. And I think recently they, they shut him down. I mean, increasingly, it, it's a tough, uh, like, we don't want to get into the, the politics of a gun debate, but if you're selling, like, even tangentially related accessories online, it's just a matter of time before you get shut down. Well, that's not shut down, but your PPC network. Your so ads, gonna, your ads yeah. are not are disallowed. We'll say yes. Um, so yeah, that's unfortunate. So you got to go double hard into your content strategy. Yes. Well, and I think they're not mutually exclusive. So if I a, a great content strategy, if I've got an article that I'm like, wow, people Google a problem, they find this article that's like the ultimate guide to choosing a. Um, a practice target. I don't know what, we'll just say target. I don't know what these things are called. The ultimate guide to choosing your target. And then he's got like a 1500 word article that like really lays out, here's why you want, you don't want a cheap one because it's going to be dangerous. It's going to explode. You'll poke your eye out, right? I don't know. Um, like a whole ultimate guide article and that gets a ton of traffic. And then, all right, so the people who visit that, I want to then retarget them with the products referenced in the ad. And then I could also send my cold traffic to that article or people who only visited the homepage and bounced, I could send them to this educational article and then once they view that, retarget them. Or people who viewed my Instagram profile, that's its own custom audience. I could retarget them with just this one article. So if you have an SEO, uh, this content strategy to bring in traffic, I mean that, and you could do PPC ads, oh my gosh, those are the people who are going to really work around um, the the difficult um low return on ad spend problems that a lot of merchants are seeing with Facebook. Hold up. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like ColourPop, Huckberry, and Casemate all have in common? They rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by the brands you love. With a dedicated team of experts and a platform that consumes more data than any other on the market, Klaviyo helps you own the customer experience and grow higher value relationships. And the results speak for themselves. Brands have made more than $3.7 billion, that's billion with a B, in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, growth possibilities are endless. Visit klaviyo.com unofficial. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash unofficial. Talk to him. You mentioned something in there, and it ties into something I've been thinking about a lot, which is I've always been a major poo-pooer of, like, well, we got to get big on social, like Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and, like, Google+. Plus, Like, social. Social's huge. And it's like, it's not. No one ever buys anything off of, like, your tweets. Like that never, that has never happened in the history of the world. I say right now, we don't have a single client who has been successful selling on Twitter. Yeah. And like Pinterest, I don't think anyone, Pinterest is a lot of drive-by traffic, doesn't work, but. Twitter is more B2B, I've noticed. But 
and like your Facebook group, which I think is probably good for. Me. It's good for, I think, for existing customers. For existing customers, but you're not like my Facebook page and like stuff like that. But I think my opinion is changing about Instagram. How I so? think Instagram really drives sales. Well, we've seen it in the apparel world. Paul likes Instagram? I don't like Instagram. I, I, need, I huh? recognize its power. I recognize its power because it's, it's being huge on Instagram is key to any apparel store. It's very visual and it's influencer driven. The other thing that um, YouTube, I think, is also so it's so difficult to get traction on YouTube. But the people who do do tremendously well. When you yeah. look at someone, I mean, the people who started early, you look at someone like Beard Brand, Eric Bandholds from Beard Brand was this huge YouTube following. I mean, that really is like a key driver of their business. I talked to someone recently who bought their way into YouTube success, especially like when this works when you have a niche audience. So they sell a product targeted toward doomsday preppers. Well, you know where doomsday prepper lives? On YouTube. YouTube oh, yeah. has a whole doomsday prepper culture. Yeah. Well, well any whack job culture is on YouTube. <laughs> yes. And I love that Nat Geo show, Doomsday Preppers. I wish they'd bring it back. Anyway, so building an audience at this point is going to be very difficult. But you could set up an affiliate network, then contact those merchants. Even if you can't sell through PPC networks on social media, you could still have a presence on social media, and you could still also use affiliate marketing. So that, I think, we could lump social media into content strategy. And that, that's what I'm saying, is that I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, buy stuff, like, send free stuff or buy stuff from Instagram influencers. I'm saying get on Instagram yourself and become your own Instagram influencer, like, with your product and, like, show off your product and, like, make cool Instagram videos. I assume you could make videos of you shooting targets on Instagram. Oh, there, of course. I'm sure there huge... are gun dudes on Instagram. Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, it, like, if that's your tribe, you know, more power to you. I think the issue with social media, or with, with us giving advice about social media like that, is when you show up, your people already prefer one kind of network. So that's the one you want to go to. We'll use my wife's business, her Disney planning blog business, as an example. WWDW. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes at me. It's catchy and memorable. It's a tongue twister. Anyway, the audiences are, she was like, I'm going to nail social media. The Instagram audience seems very fake. Like 5,000 followers, but engagement is poor. Those people don't convert. YouTube, so saturated, extremely difficult to get traction. But the way she found was able to get some traction with an engaged group was zig where everybody else zagged. So everyone's like covering big stuff. She covers the not sexy stuff for parents. Like here's our experience with babysitting. So sometimes that might be a way into social media is just cover the most boring thing that no one else wants to talk about. Um, and Facebook, that's where she found her tribe. And then Pinterest, wow, that drives a ton of traffic. But is it a vanity metric in that it, uh, it, that traffic converts the poorest of all of them? So um, I think you got to try it. you got to experiment. But trying to do all of them, you make yourself crazy. Yeah. So experiment and then like figure out where your tribe lives, like the people you want to reach. Well, and the kind of content that you personally excel at creating, yes. where could it live? So that we're, now we've got the Venn diagram, and wherever that overlap is, that's your unfair advantage. Like, not everybody, some people would prefer to write. Some, so that's probably best on Facebook. Maybe, uh, or if you're like, I'm going to write thought pieces and like big, 
I'm cool. going to be a thought leader. That's LinkedIn. Be, that should just be on-site content on your store, too. Well, you know, I, I, I'm I, a big believer in cross-posting. Just shotgun it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be clear, I don't own a gun. <laughs> but I have been... I do enjoy trap shooting. It's fun. With your tra- your, Are you a trap queen? I am not a trap queen at this time, no. <laughs> trap shooting, it's like Duck Hunt with the clay pigeon. Yeah, I know oh. what it is. I was just like, this is real-life Duck Hunt. <laughs> It's very nerdy. You know what's real life duck hunt? Going duck hunting. That's I don't want to shoot a bird. Oh God. <laughs> if you ever fed like the same duck I'm feeding bread, I'm gonna go blast with a shotgun. Listen, seems rude. That's the whole point of hunting is to find something beautiful and then murder it. Oh, we this all has to go. <laughs> we get angry emails. <laughs> all right. Third question, final question of the day. Josh C say he sent me a, a nice email. So you want to have a, a good opening question in your welcome series because then occasionally people reply and you get these nice um, nice interactions. So this was in a reply to my welcome email. Jesse said, I'm a business junkie and my wife and I have just hit 1.6 million in revenue for our e-commerce company for 2019. Congratulations, Josh. However, 95% of that revenue is from Amazon. We're excited to escape the clutches of Amazon and have slowly been building our own brand on Shopify. I'm a big fan of your podcast. Our biggest issue right now is generating traffic to our website. I am currently learning content and customer acquisition strategies. All right. So this is a a common problem that people experience. When you're first starting out, building the audience is really tough. So rather than the shortcut to validate the idea and the product market fit is selling a marketplace. The downside to that is you don't own the customer. You don't really own the brand and you have this single point of failure. So whether I sell on Etsy, Amazon, eBay, any one of them, and in this case, Amazon, could just go, eh, you violated a policy, you're out, you're done, that's it, and cut you off. So, you know, he said, hey, we did 1.6 million, and all right, so one and a half million was on Amazon. Well, it's sudden, when you get into those sums, it gets scary, because at any time, Amazon could go, eh, you're out, or... Well, you get used to that money, and then there's the chance that that money disappears next year. Yep. Like... Chinese knockoffs can come get you. Amazon can make a copy of it. Amazon could just push you down in their search results. Like you could be dead at any moment. You don't own any, and you got nothing to fall back on. You don't have an email list. You don't have uh, anything to like hold your floor. Yeah. And so the solution is you want to diversify the, those income streams and the answer is, well, you build your own brand and you own it. And you do that with a Shopify store. Now, this doesn't mean like you quit Amazon. No, do all of them, right? So if you want to keep selling on marketplaces, do it, but also build your own brand. What's interesting about the successful Amazon sellers is when they create a Shopify store, they, there are times where these stores will have immediate sales on day one organically because people on Amazon, it is not uncommon, they will Google the product title. They will Google the, ma- the maker, the brand, and find the store and then buy direct Either because for whatever reason, it makes them more comfortable. Or um, they might be able to get it for cheaper. In the past, Amazon had said you had you could not, if you sold on the marketplace and sold your, directly, you couldn't undercut them. And I believe they changed that, so you can now. Um, so I, first... I, I could have, be wrong, though. Don't Please Google that before you I have <laughs> take qu- my advice. I have questions and maybe an idea. All right. One, so for Josh here, He's been selling on Amazon. He's got 1.5 million in sales. He sold. Well, 1.6, sir. Oh, um, pardon me. I'm assuming he said 95%. All right. Here, I'll do, we'll do the math. It, who cares? Uh, uh, 
so uh, yeah, one point five. He sold to tens of thousands of people. I assume his thing doesn't cost a thousand dollars. Yeah, let's uh, assume the average is fifty bucks. Yeah. What does he have from those people? He doesn't have their emails. I know that. It, yeah, when you do it with Amazon, they make a dummy proxy email. Okay. That's like, you know, at Amazon Customer Central or whatever. And then they send it. And then they, yeah, they send it out and then they post the tracking into Amazon and that's how you get your payout. Yeah, Amazon won't pay you until you have shown that you put the tracking in. And that's like they, because you know God's but shipping in e-commerce and Amazon knows this, that to maintain good standing you need to be constantly demonstrating to Amazon that you are fulfilling quickly. Assuming you're not using f- fulfillment by Amazon, in which case you don't worry about it. So if you're shipping it out yourself, you have the addresses? Well, you would have to. Okay, in like a database or something. Yeah. If you're using fulfilled by Amazon, you don't get the address. You know, I don't know. You may. I know in the past there was a way to get the phone numbers out, and if you wanted to, you could use... You could use the phone numbers to try and match custom audience in Facebook, but the match rate's very low. You know, an email, 100% of Facebook accounts have an email. Yeah, yeah. Very. Facebook has been trying to get you their phone numbers. Also, there was a giant leak of all the Facebook phone numbers. It was real bad. Ooh. Because um, I'm thinking, if you're in this dilemma, the first thing would be, well, I just email them, come to my Shopify store, don't buy off my Amazon store, but you don't have the email, so you can't do that. But if you have their physical addresses, can you send them a mailer that has a coupon? A direct mail. A direct mail campaign. And the direct mail campaign directs them to your Shopify store with, like, a coupon. I'm going to assume, one, yes, and two, that I'm sure that violates some Amazon agreement. But what live dangerously. Uh, beg forgiveness. I mean, what's Amazon? Not permission. What, what is Amazon going to be like? What, do they got postal inspectors seeing if you mailed people? Yeah, well, I just don't know what Amazon's term, draconian terms of service are. Yeah, I like that. That's very clever. That's outside the box. All right, here's another one. You include in the instructions, or you do a pack-in card. Oh, you got to register it. You have to register to get your warranty. Yeah. You want your warranty, right? Register on our site to get your warranty. Aha. Now you're, hey, like, do you, and then have a checkbox, hey, do you want to get on our email list? And, all right, to register your warranty, you send them to a landing page on your Shopify store. So now they're on the store. Now you can hit them with remarketing. And yeah, you cookie now you get the email. Ideally, they opt into marketing, and then you can retarget the email indefinitely, and you can get them on your newsletter. So there are ways around this. The goal of this entire operation is to get your customers out of the Amazon black box and into the light so you can somehow find them and yes. get, get to them yourself again without the middleman. Yeah. It's, hey, can we recover the Amazon customers can we get those people to buy from our website? So, and I, I, the direct mail thing is brilliant. I love it. And recently I've seen more direct mail coming to our house from e-commerce brands. And Drew Sanaki was on the show recently to talk about like, hey, this is this completely untapped channel that people are ignoring that can work well. So yeah, I think direct mail is great. Um, a pack-in for the warranty is smart. Yeah, that's a good idea. Pack it, they can do. Can you make Amazon pack that in? Amazon won't do it, but like you pre, you just package it with your stuff. Okay. And I've gotten those in Amazon packages, even though they do, like I've gotten them where it's like, leave us a five star, this is bad. They're like, leave us a five star review and we'll send you a free gift. Uh oh, <laughs> that does specifically violate uh, Amazon toss. I don't think Amazon is really into like rules following. <laughs> For the merchants, yes. Well, because it's this giant, this 
unbelievable automated system that's running at all times around the globe and is terrifying and baffling. There isn't enough eyeballs on it, is what I'm saying. They're processing 50 cents of every e-commerce dollar in the United States. Bill. Yeah. That's quite the monopoly. He said, our biggest issue now is generating traffic to our website. I'm currently learning content and customer acquisition strategies. All right, so, I mean... All that stuff we just talked about with John Murphy. Yeah. There you go. Exact same thing. Only he could buy ads now, hopefully. Because he's not selling weed dildos. Yeah, ideally this guy could buy ads. But also, when you're starting out on Amazon, a lot of people have to buy Amazon ads. Or they continue to buy Amazon ads. Or you're buying ads on the marketplace. So the, the like sponsor-related products. I'm sure there is some data there or some learnings that can transfer to Facebook or Google Shopping. Like if the keywords people are using, and I really I have no experience with Amazon ads. But ideally, if you could figure out the keywords people are using to search your items on Amazon... That can inform an SEO strategy. That can inform a Google shopping strategy and Google ad strategy. And then for Facebook ads, if we're registering people for the warranty, can we do basic surveying? Can we figure out demographics? Or does Amazon give us demographics on who buys? If I can get any of that, that's going to make, I can narrow down, I could use a lookalike audience at Facebook, but then also narrow it to who I know is buying. Yeah, maybe the phone, I mean, the phone number matches are probably... You can't build an ad campaign on the phone number matches, but maybe you can get enough of a sample size of the phone number matches on Facebook to figure out the demographics at least. Well, but maybe they really they handicapped audience insights after their their privacy issues in recent years. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we have. We well no we just don't have like the the data insights we used to. But what's cool, I mean, you can just start. You can just play with audience insights tools and figure out like what an audience looks like. So as an example, you know, when we'll use uh, Julie's Disney business again. We really didn't know, like, who these people are. And using Audience Insights tool, you're able to figure out, like, you could, you could derive a customer avatar if the audience is big enough, just, like, poking around and playing with it by being like, you know, show me people who like this, this, this page. And so it's like a lot of people in the South, because they're driving there, that was interesting. And because it's a lot of people in the South, it also, and it's like, you know, Disney's traditionally... Um, especially from like the Reagan era on is considered this wholesome thing, this wholesome family thing. It attracts a lot of people interested in wholesome family values. So get this, it was like the number one TV channel they watched, Hallmark Channel. Their favorite restaurant, Cracker Barrel. Yeah. Until I heard it, I was like, you're right, that's that's the most wholesome traditional values restaurant in existence. <laughs> Cracker Barrel, get me some country fried steak. Um, so you could, I guess, take kind of like a backwards, back your way into it, and try and use the audience insights tool to develop a customer avatar that way. Get a little little deep in the weeds. Yeah. But it's I mean just it's free if you have the ad account, which doesn't cost you anything. Just go, it's called the audience insights tool. Try playing with it. it it's cool. Can figure out some demographics. So hopefully that narrows it down. Um, there's also for content creation, there's some cool tools out there um, for trying to identify like this is content that people engage with. Um, Buzzsumo is one that's really neat. And BuzzSumo, it'll like, it'll try and you give it a keyword or a website and it will essentially run it, search for it on social media. And in doing that, it could tell you like, oh, well, this is the article that got shared the most. So this is the one that we think, you know, in theory, this is the thing that like really clicked for that brand or website. So maybe you could create similar content. Kapow. Great job. All right. <laughs> uh, anything else? That's it. All right. Um, 
we would love to do more more Q&A episodes. We need more topic requests. So, of course, I will post in the Facebook group in a week. Hit you guys up for that. Um, so if you have not joined, join the Facebook group. Search on Official Shopify Podcast. Um, join, our, join the Facebook group, and I will do a, a pinned post every couple of weeks where I go, hey, call Ask for content. Ask questions. Ask a question. Um, and we do answer most of them. Yeah, if they're good. If they're good. If we don't answer it. It's because it was bad. Probably bad. It's because you're stupid. And yeah, it's because you're stupid. No, it's because we look for a theme. Best to not try at all. Yeah, just give up now. <laughs> Save yourself the hassle. Ugh. Just order a pizza. Watch some Netflix. No. That's what oh I'm doing. Oh my god, tonight. no. Okay, that's also what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> it's Friday when we're recording this. <laughs> my wife's gone. She's laying around my underwear, watching Good Times. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I got nothing. All right. I will see you guys later. I appreciate the time. Join my Facebook group. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles and turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast-track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.